The 55th Super Bowl is this weekend, and a game this big deserves a big prize, not just some trophy. Not that the Bills want any part of that anyways. And DraftKings, <laughs> the official daily sports partner of Super Bowl 55, has up to $55 million in total prizes up for grabs with their Super Bowl prediction pool. How's that for big, Taylor? Well, all you have to do to get your share of these huge prizes is enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you'll get a free instant prize up to $25,000, almost enough to buy a Kyle Oposo. Wow. <laughs> if you have the most predictions like correct, <laughs> if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of a million dollars. That'll wow. get you like a tenth of the way there. <laughs> Download the app now, enter the free prediction challenge, answer the questions, who will score last, and boom, get ready to make it happen. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion. That's how much money the Pagouls have lost in the Sabres <laughs> to its players since 2012. So they know a thing or two about big paydays. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once again, that is code THPN. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. SteveDraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Tony D'Angelo. And I'm mad about the New Jersey Devils on a Sunday afternoon. Wow. <laughs> It is a it's a bad day for Tony D'Angelo and it's a bad day to be a Sabres fan. Wouldn't you agree, Taylor? I don't know who Taylor is. Uh, I'm just here to tell my side of the story. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't do that bit because it features words we can't say probably. Well, based hey, on how he goes. Shout out to Chris Kreider's fist, baby. Wow. You know, we probably should so, show oh, solidarity yeah. with the fellow podcaster, but uh sorry, pal. Hit yeah. The there are some suggestions of, you know, teams, including the Sabres, uh, picking him up on waivers. So it should, you know. But weren't they also trying to trade him, though, and nobody wanted to trade for him? Yeah. Here's the thing. He makes $5 million. Yeah, no. Bye. Yeah, I mean. I could do without a racist overpaid defenseman on my team. See ya. Next. Yeah. <laughs> No. We already have all kinds of overpaid guys here. We don't need racist ones, at least exactly. not openly racist ones. Yeah. So this situation is interesting. I feel like D'Angelo's only really come into the like full on hockey, like public consciousness in the past year or so, because he's been, a, he's been a thing to, if I guess if you pay close attention to prospects and stuff, because he was a, let's say problem guy when he was in juniors, because he did uh, this exact same shit. Yep. Not even just this. Obviously, he called one of his teammates a racial slur, got suspended. He got suspended for breaking the OHL's, like, uh, diversity code or something like that. And he also got suspended for beating up a ref or hitting a ref. A lot of stuff like that. So, yeah, he got – he dropped in the draft, and Tampa took him. And even though he had – he basically had one year he was still in juniors, and then he had one year where he played in the AHL and put up good numbers and then tampa was like uh no see ya and traded him for like a second round pick so you know they didn't like like there was already something up that's fishy mm-hmm. i mean they traded a guy they took in the middle of the first round for a second round pick after a good ahl season and then that was to phoenix i think right and then phoenix yep. was like Ugh, pass yep. in the in the Derek Stepan trade and now he's basically he's getting waived after he had 53 points in 68 games last year my guess is he probably will not have a career, much of a career after this. I can't imagine how he would. I mean, he got waived. They've yeah. been trying to trade him and nobody would take him because of how bad his reputation is. I mean, yep. that's all you need to know. He, he sucks. Like it, it's, it's not a matter of having a difference of opinion. Like the guy objectively sucks and is a bad dude. So you know, if it came down to it where he was getting into it with a teammate, with his goalie, to the point that 
a veteran on the team, like not even just like a player, but like Kreider has a letter, like he wears an A, like he's a veteran on the Rangers. He's been around for a while. The fact that that dude felt the need to punch Tony D'Angelo in the face over some altercation in the hallway. What does that say about Tony D'Angelo? Who in their right mind is going to want to claim that dude? There's no way. He's horrible. He's horrid in, in his own zone. Yes. So he, like I mentioned, he had 53 points last year. That's kind of an anomaly. He like, he had one point so far this year. He's more of like, you would expect him to get in the thirties or forties points wise. And that's really not good enough when you are as bad defensively as him. Like I would say, if you, if you just look at his, that the charts, the charts, we love the charts, folks, those charts, they would say like, he's like maybe more offensively talented than Ristolainen, but worse defensively. Probably. So think about that. What if Ristolainen, instead of being a good leader who people respected, was the biggest jackass in the world? Another thing um, kind of interesting about this, Ke'Andre Miller, Rangers prospect, someone brings this up on Twitter. He scored his first NHL goal five days ago. It was against the Sabres, right? Yeah, I think I so. Think, yeah. The Rangers never posted a photo of him holding the puck for his first goal, something that's a tradition. Interesting, right? Hmm. It seems like Tony D'Angelo took the puck that people on Twitter are saying. No way. This is what this person is implying. Are you kidding me? Because so basically their reasoning is the Rangers, the Rangers on Instagram have a picture with Lafreniere Lafreniere after he scored in overtime, his first goal, holding the puck in the locker room. And they didn't have one for Keandre Miller. It's an inter- it's a theory. It's n- it's nothing proven here, but isn't that interesting? Oh, I hate Tony D'Angelo. Oh my god. I mean, it has to be something. They literally just signed him this offseason to a two year, nine point six million dollar extension. He got punched in the face, man. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah they got he, like so he got bad. punched in the face, and he got in trouble. Yep. So something this it, either this something really really bad happened or something a lot of uh small bad things like this happened but why don't they have a picture of keandre miller in his first puck that's 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 weird that's horrible so something's gotta something's gotta be up there we'll see uh anyway also so bring this back to our what we're going to talk about so there was a video after this is like 2013 2014 he was suspended as a member of sarnia Sarnia Sting, I think they are in the OHL mm-hmm. for using a racial slur. And his dad was being interviewed after on TV in Canada and said that he would have quote done the exact same thing in that situation. And ah, Apple was like, you would fall far from the tree, huh? Well, so the, the interview is basically, you would have used a racial slur. And he's like, yeah, that's what New Jersey's like. <laughs> you don't understand unless you grow up there. Oof. But anyway, Oof. so let's talk Oof. about New Jersey. Uh. <laughs> oh baby what the hell man Lo- giving new jersey three or four available points come on what are we doing it's bad I, they so are I was, so bad they're so bad so you and i watched the saturday game together which was not a great game by any stretch no. uh one in a shootout with the way my least favorite way to win um but I felt pretty good overall about, you know, five game point streak and the way they had looked pretty good against pretty much everyone, like especially the better teams. And then today, going into today, I was thinking, you know, Washington is good, even without their top four guys. Boston has been good, even without Pasternak. They're going to make the playoffs. Philadelphia has been pretty good too, even though Couturier has been out. So they're probably going to make the playoffs. That's three of the four spots gone. So I was thinking, yep. Tonight, talking about how it's going to be between us, the Islanders, and Pittsburgh for that last spot. And after today, I don't feel like that at all. I don't feel like that's even a conversation worth having. And in fact, New Jersey is ahead of us based on points percentage. So we're ahead of the team. The only team we're better than right now, really better than in uh, in the East Division, is the team who just had to cut a guy they just gave $9 million to because he was a racist who got punched in the face. Yeah. 
so that's the only team we're ahead of right now being a buffalo sabers fan wow yeah all right so this has been so let's get to this game yeah let's all right i mean it was it was brutal like it was a game they absolutely should have won new jersey did not play well today you're playing against eric comrie too so you're playing against new jersey's what like fifth string goalie at this point considering half the guys on the team have covid you lost or you know you barely squeaked one out against scott wedgwood your your farm team goalie from a year prior and i mean my god like it wasn't even it, new jersey just looks horrible they they really don't have a lot of impact players i mean jack hughes has looked like he's taken a lot of steps this year and definitely looks much improved after last year but granted low bar uh i mean you have a pretty washed up pk suban Ty Smith has been pretty good for them. Their rookie defenseman, he's uh, he's been putting up points. Uh, I mean, you have Kyle Palmieri, Gusev, maybe Jesper Bratt's pretty good. Like, but this is who we're talking about here: the New Jersey Devils. And again, you are going up against like their fifth goalie that they have had play this season, and you couldn't get a regulation win against these guys. I, I mean, it's horrible. And the thing is, is this roster, you know, it all, you know, we'll give, as we said, credit to Kevin Adams. Yes. For, for Taylor Hall and Eric Stahl, but dude, they don't have any depth at all. They didn't change the defense and the defense still looks bad. They didn't change the goaltending. And yeah, maybe we can't say that today's loss is completely on Carter Hutton, but like he sucks. He's been bad pretty much at every single point of the season uh, with the very few exceptions. And they just they can't score a goal they can't score their their top goal scorers aren't scoring goals and you can't really buy any on five on five for them um i'll be honest i think you would agree with this too they probably should have played all mark today just because yep. you're in a back-to-back against the team that like you needed to pick up these points today you absolutely needed to and as we've talked about previously overtime and and shootout wins they don't go as far as they used to it's not like when you would get like a shootout win against like san jose or something and they pick up a point but it's no big deal because it doesn't affect you every single time that you go into overtime or a shootout it affects you in the standings so you can't afford to do that and new jersey is going to finish last in this division and if they don't it's probably begun to going to be because us maybe the rangers i don't know but like i I don't know. I I was just really, really, really disappointed. Um, I think it also shows how much they really, really miss Sam Reinhart and how much he really means the, I feel like he, in a lot of ways is like the glue to the forward corpse. Also speaking of corpses, uh, Kyle Opozo, good Lord. He is so, so bad. So coming into this season, uh, Taylor, I think you would agree with me in saying that we had the lowest of all expectations for Cody Eakin and, and Toby Reader. Yeah. Um, really had, I was expecting Eakin <clears throat> to be terrible. I was expecting Reader to be non-existent out there. But to their credit, I will say, at the start of this season, they were at least respectable. They were putting up respectable numbers. Um, those two as a combination have pretty much been attached at the hip to each other all season. And so uh, those two together have played uh, 61 minutes and not really that bad of numbers. Their expected goals for is 1.52. Their uh, goals for percentage is 50 uh, expected goals against 1.9. So, you know, it's it's fine. Like, I'm not going to go crazy about it. Lately, though, Ralph Kruger has, once again, speaking of corpses, put Kyle Opozo uh, on a line and has been playing them as, I guess, like, you, if you want to call them the third line or the fourth line, I'm not really sure what, how you would want to consider it. Uh, but their numbers, those exact statistics, adding Kyle Opozo into the mix at 44 minutes of time on ice, uh, with Kyle Opozo, their goals for percentage is 33.3, down yeah. from 50 when it's just Eakin and Reader. Their expected goals for goes from 1.52 with Eakin and Reader without Opozo. When you add Opozo, it goes down to 0.87, and their expected goals against with Kyle Opozo on the ice is 3.19 compared to a 1.9 when he is not with that pairing. That's, that's not good. That's, that's not good. Bad. 
So, so I, I just want to say to wrap that up, Opozo, first of all, needs to have a, a, a couple of uh, trips to the press box, I think, coming up uh, for one because of just how bad he's been playing. But also we can get into this in a little bit. I kind of liked Casey Middlestead a little bit today, and we can get into that later. There are some things that I liked there, but he's he, he's got to take a seat soon and taking it even further at the end of this season, there's absolutely no debate. He needs to get bought out. He cannot be on this roster next year. No debate. Go. What do you got? Yeah. So those guys, Eakin and Reader were playing with cousins mm-hmm. who even though is very talented is 19 years old. And that was a decent line. They were doing completely fine. And now the line is a complete black hole. And obviously that's a huge drop. Cousins has probably been so far this year, the fourth best forward on the roster, maybe fifth. And you put ahead of him. I would say even higher. Michael Reinhardt, Hall and Skinner. Maybe just Michael Reinhardt and Hall. Maybe not Skinner. Anyway, what I'm getting at is it's a huge, I mean, it's, I almost feel like I'd rather, I'd rather them not do what they do with their lines today. First of all, I agree with you. Oposo, Yes. He can't really play. He can't skate. Yeah. I know he's just coming back from injury and he basically had 10 months off, but like, I don't know. I don't know how much better this is going to get at the very least. Like I would give someone else a shot. Like looking at him, the way he's playing, it's worse than last year. Like he was useful last year on the log line. Like Mm -hmm. they had a role. He scored some goals. He moved at a, a decent pace he doesn't look like that at all. And I don't know how much time you can give him in a shortened season when you're trying to make the playoffs in a pretty, not tough, but like, okay division. I'd also say Larson probably covered for more deficiencies than Cody Eakin can too. Yeah, that's the other thing. Eakin and Reader are passengers. Reader's been fine. I'll say that much. I, yeah, have, not he, had, he I have had no problems. And if anything, Reader's been the perfect example of why you don't give Zembia Skurgensen's $2.2 million. Or three years? Did he get three years? Three, yeah. Eakin, yeah. there's two million. Like you, when you can get Reader for, what is he at? Like a 750K deal a year or something? Like 900, like barely anything? Yeah. Anyway. Same with Sheehan. Sheehan looks like solid as well. Yeah. So the way things are looking now, though, my solution to this first is Oposo to the taxi squad mm-hmm. until he, I don't know, shows that he's not as physically decrepit as he looks. And I kind of think you have to go back to what you were doing. Now, this is hard with Reinhardt out to figure out what to do, but I think you, they already screwed up the bottom six. They screwed it up in the off season because they didn't sign Larson. Larson can center one of those lines and kind of carry the line defensively. Or sign anybody else who was offensively. Out yeah. Or sign someone else who was good, Ugh. but you, you could have retained him and you could have retained Cahoon and you would have mm-hmm. had a better bottom six. Now here's your problem. You got a bunch of like, okay, Eakin and reader, they're not terrible. Lazar and Sheehan, they're not terrible. But you now you need someone to carry those lines. And now you have to have Skinner and Cousins on those lines. And now it's like, okay, what do we do with these top lines? So you have the Eichel. Eichel centering one, Stahl centering another. Another guy that did not look good at all today, Eric Stahl, looked very mm-hmm. slow and old. Anyway, then you have to figure out what the, the wingers on those lines, figure out what to do with Olofsson. If Tage is going to be in the lineup, if you're going to have middle stat, he's probably got to play up there. So it's annoying, but I think you kind of have to do that now. It was kind of working. Yeah, uh, but I didn't like if you have like, I don't know, Eichel, Reinhardt, Olofsson, Hallstall, uh, I don't know, middle set. That's uh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, to get more into today, I uh, something you said a few minutes ago that you didn't think the Devils played well today. I think you kind of got to hand it to them because they were all over the Sabres and their expected goals was like five. Oh, yeah. I have it actually right here. So they uh <laughs> They doubled us in high danger chances, 22 to 11. Their expected goals was 3.64 and ours was 1.76. And percentage wise, that brings it out to 67.4 to 32.6. Uh, they had 27 scoring chances to our 16, uh, outshot us 34 to 23, uh, and outperformed uh, the Corsi battle as well. So it was, I mean, yeah, they did outperform us, but again, I. Uh, I think that's more reflective of how poorly the Sabres played. I know the Devils, yes, you do have to hand it to them that they outplayed them, but they outplayed a Sabres team that 
I mean, they just looked exhausted and I get it. You know, they played six games. This was their sixth game in 10 days. Eric Stahl is getting up there. And again, it's early in the season. So there's conditioning that you're working through. And I get that, but I, they, they were just outworked today. I mean, they yeah completely and in every sense. Yeah. So uh, yeah, obviously it's at the end of a back-to-back, but this year, new wrinkle, when you play a back-to-back, your opponent will always have also been playing a back-to-back. That might be different for those teams that have to make up games because they've had COVID, COVID pauses. But for the Sabres and the way the schedule set up now, yeah, New Jersey also just played yesterday. Yep. They were there against you. They also had overtime in the shootout. And they're not nearly as talented. They're pro- I was talking about this today in one of my group chats. They're one of the most anonymous teams in hockey in, in terms of their personnel. Yeah. Obviously, Jack Hughes has played a lot better, and that's something you have to deal with man, that's a team you're better than, and you let them get three out of four. You let them pretty – I don't know if you call the Saturday game even. I guess you might. I mean, but now this is like – one in, in regulation. This is a four-game period uh, with the two teams that I thought the Sabres are better than, the Rangers and the Devils, and I would say I'm pretty unhappy with it. I don't think they played up to par, like basically at all. Mm-hmm. I think they should have – if they could have gone in – and gotten four wins. Like I know I'm not expecting them to win every game forever, but that's a great opportunity to bank wins. Those four before you, now you have to face the Islanders who also, I think you should be pretty even with talent wise, but then you're going to have the Bruins who might be the best team in the division. So you have to expect you're going to lose some of these games going forward. Maybe you split with the Islanders. Now, the other part of this is adding the strange wrinkle to this season is every game you're in, has playoff implications because you're only playing teams in your division and your division is your, it's basically your only standings. That's the only thing that matters for you in the playoffs. Nothing that matters, nothing that happens anywhere else matters. Mm-hmm. So three point games, you have to avoid them. You want the other teams in your division when they're playing, like say the Penguins are playing the Bruins, you want them to avoid a three point game. You want, when you beat someone, you want to beat them in regulation. Now the Sabres have won in regulation and, 20% of their games so far, exactly two of them. Not good enough. That's no. bad. Secondly, they are losing. So they're losing in overtime beats losing in regulation, obviously, but they are getting, so they have two wins in overtime, but they're also letting these teams that are around them, like New Jersey and New York, keep pace with them. Or like when they played Washington, like, yeah, they took three or four from Washington, but vice versa because the stupid ass point system. So this is something you really have to avoid this year. It is really paramount that you don't go to overtime. Mm -hmm. It means basically nothing. Getting a point matters so much less if if the other team is getting two from you. It's losing a point in the standings. Like it's it's losing losing one as opposed to losing two, obviously. But now they're like in sixth. They'll probably be in seventh when the when the Islanders have as many games as them if they once they make up their games in hand. So. You're basically in seventh place right now, guys. Not good enough. Yeah, you you are already playing from behind. I think the thing we we have to I think put way more emphasis on Kevin Adams. I think in this situation too, in this entire conversation, because that's what this all comes back to. Yes, we can complain about Ralph's personnel moves. I completely agree, and I agree with you that I think that they what they were doing before was working. I mean, I'm all about trying to get Jeff Skinner more chances like with, with more of the skill guys and with, with top six players, but also why is it that we have to rely on Jeff Skinner to drag around Sheehan and Lazar, you know, that, that shouldn't be a, 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 a situation that we would have to be in, in the first place. They needed to identify what the top four lines were going to be, where you wanted these guys slotted in and how they could have felt comfortable coming out of this off season, looking at their depth chart and then saying, okay, we're going to put Jeff Skinner with Lazar and Sheehan or Eakin or whoever they thought it would have been early on. That's not good enough. There's no getting around it. That's not good enough. It's the same thing with looking at the defense and not doing anything about it and just keeping it the exact same with the exception of Matt Irwin, who, if any defenseman is missing a game again in the next like month, it should be Will Borgen, 1 million percent who should be in the lineup. Um, You know, it's a classic scenario again with the Sabres, not giving 
a prospect who's pretty much right on the cusp, who you got to figure out what they are. It's the Sabres not giving them that chance. And with Borgen, you have the opportunity that not only do you have somebody who could potentially fill in and be a successful bottom pair guy for you, who is also cheap and young, but I would even be curious to see what he could do with Darlene. They've had some success. I know we've talked about this a little bit before that they briefly have had some time together. Um, their styles offset a bit. And even though it would be giving him a lot of minutes, I would still be curious to see how it would go. You got to mix it up a little bit. I I don't know. I, I've been very underwhelmed with the defense. And I mean, obviously you give props to Ristolainen and McCabe for how they've looked so far this year, but you know, they're not perfect either. And just as a whole, the, the team, the personnel isn't good enough. And I think that's the problem here. Yeah, Ralph could do things to make the team better and, and maximize the the people the, the guys on the roster, but it's a legitimate question that we have to stop and ask, like, are these guys even good enough to get there in the first place? And because of that, I think a lot more of the conversation needs to be directed towards Kevin Adams. Yeah, that's fair. I think, but there is something to be said about uh, what you said about Borgen. Like, you, you need... You need to see something out of him. Mm-hmm. And with the way Irwin's looked after his first game, it, it ain't him. Obviously, Irwin's a veteran, you know, not a prospect or anything. So you don't have to see anything else out of Matt Irwin. You know what you're getting, and it's not good. It could theoretically, like today, uh, I don't know, <laughs> maybe cost them the game. Yeah. So if, like, whatever, whatever Borgen is, we'll see. Give him an opportunity. Secondly, looking at forward depth they have now luckily they haven't had too many injuries right now it's sam uh but tage has been really unimpressive and we saw that yesterday's game saturday's game that is yeah not good not good he doesn't look like he belongs out there middle stat looks better uh, sunday than he did saturday so i'd like i'm in favor of giving middle stat more time but you also are looking on the roster right now with sam out if you can replace oposo why not throw R2 on there? You have a reason? Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, they, they should do that. They just won't, but they absolutely should. He should be up right now playing a hundred percent. That's a great point. And we aren't even talking about that enough either. Yeah. You know, and that brings it into the greater point too, about what, what does Ralph Kruger mean when he says guys have to earn ice time and they have to earn like, what, yes. what, what is what do you mean, Ralph? What is Opozo earning? And- I was just about to say that he's not earning anything. He's playing worse than anyone. He's playing significantly worse than Skinner. Yep. And we we talked about Skinner every episode so far. And I said I don't care. And I just said he could play on that fourth line. Him playing Lazar and Sheehan, a hundred percent fine with me. But if you're just giving him eleven minutes a game, you're being stupid and you're hurting the team. Yep. Because he's earned more based also, on how he's why wasn't without the goals. Why wasn't Skinner out when they did the hero line too at the end of the game? When you have six skaters on the ice, I get it that middle stat he did look good today, and I want to get back to him in a second. But what are you doing not putting Skinner out there when the the kinds of goals that are scored in those situations are usually because there's a bunch of traffic in front and somebody is able to put it away, which is the thing that Jeff Skinner is maybe best at aside from, like, at least from a goal scoring perspective, it's what he's best at. I mean, that's his bread and butter. Why don't you have him out there? I, I think it goes back into just putting him in positions to succeed. And I don't know if Ralph has done the best job of that. I definitely don't think he has. And yeah, I mean, definitely it didn't work today with, with Stalin cousins. I, it just, it didn't work. It is what it is, but that goes back to, again, the fact that, we have to rely on Jeff Skinner to carry around Lazar and Sheehan, which we shouldn't have to do. Um, but I will say, as we kind of have mentioned before, Casey Middlestat, I thought he looked like he had a little bit of a burst today that I don't think I had ever seen from him. Um, one of the biggest complaints that both of us have had and most people have had with him is his conditioning and just how he generally looks like he is exhausted sometimes when he's skating. But today I was very impressed with his burst and just his, his skating just looked a lot better to me today. I don't know if you really, if he caught your eye at all, Taylor, if you had any thoughts on middle stat, I don't really have that much on middle stat, yeah. I guess. I, I want to see more before I say anything like, too well, that's what I mean. Him. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I will say that he should play in place of Thompson. I agree. But, but I'll also say this, just from a long-term perspective, in 2018-19, mm-hmm. 
middle stat. He, he, he started the season as the second. Now he didn't start the season as second line center. And he started as the third line center and he had to take over for Berglund. And Thompson was also in the lineup. Like he was the big kind of centerpiece weirdly of the O'Reilly mm-hmm. trade. And I got to mm-hmm. say, I don't love how things have gone since then. My expectations were a little bit higher for these two guys. I would think the same. I think that's a fair assessment. Sucks. Hey, I have something on what we talked about earlier on um, D'Angelo. What's that? Okay, so Blue Shirt Banter, which is the SB Nation blog for the Rangers, says that multiple sources confirmed a Blue Shirt Banter, one incident uh, that involved D'Angelo keeping the puck from Miller's first NHL goal scored against the Buffalo Sabres on January 26th. D'Angelo, who was on the ice for Miller's goal, collected the puck from the net, and they're showing a, a gif, and he does take the puck out of the net. And also, furthermore, in fact, I'm quoting here when it says furthermore. I didn't. I wasn't going to say furthermore. Furthermore, three separate sources independently confirmed to Blue Shirt Banzer that there was concern of various levels of the organization regarding D'Angelo's treatment of rookie defenseman Keandre Miller. Sources did not wish to go on the record with specific examples, but indicated that it was a unique. It was an issue that caught the attention and ire of multiple players in the organization. Additionally, sources say tension has been building up in the locker room prior to the incident on Saturday. Hmm. Wow. Wow. Well, that makes me happy for the rest of the Rangers locker room that they saw what a piece of shit he is and were willing to speak up and do something about it. Yeah. So that puts it uh, together a little bit more what I brought up earlier. So he took the puck, no picture, people worried. Also, I guess I should say, I don't know. Where did he go with the puck? I don't know. What, What could he have done with it? I now, normally, no I think most people probably know this. After a guy scores their first goal in the NHL, usually one of their teammates keeps the puck, give it to the equipment guy. After the game, they'll take a picture in the locker room like, hey, it's my puck for my first goal. Then they probably keep it, I assume, and take it home. Like, I don't know, keepsake yeah. type of thing. So I, with what we talked about, should we clarify? K. Andre Miller is black. That's yeah. why this is uh, comes up. I don't know if everyone knows about him yet. He's a pretty good prospect or for the Rangers. Or you know about D'Angelo for, the ma- for that matter, too. Actually. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's probably that is uh, why people have noticed this, given D'Angelo's history. But wow, this is it's a weird, weird day. I hate it. Isn't Eichel friends with him? D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. Listen, Eichel, you gotta cut toxic people out of your life. Pretty sure Eichel has some liked tweets of his, and I don't like that at all. Eichel, man, listen, you have such a good, positive role model in Sam Reinhart. You're good pal. Mm-hmm. You're having fun. I know he's not under a long-term contract like you, so you're, like you're worried about be living. Be like him. Be like, be like Sam. Yeah, there's good guys around here, you know. Sam's one of them. Yeah. Seems like a real stand-up dude. Also, delete your goddamn Twitter. I agree with that. You know what else, actually, with Jack Eichel that we need to talk about? What? abysmal shooting percentage. So yeah. this is, I guess, it. what at least gives me some hope with some of these guys because – the low shooting percentage right now with some for some key guys on this team, it's just not sustainable. It's not going to stay that way. And eventually it's going to correct itself and it will go up. But just some of the ones that throw out there right now, Jack Eichel has a 5.1 shooting percentage. Taylor Hall, Taylor Hall, 3.4. Not good. Rasmus Dahlin, 3.1. He just got his first goal today. Uh, we all know, of course, Jeff Skinner, he's a nice old zero. Tage Thompson's a nice old zero. Ah, boy. Um, so not, not great. Uh, other guys on the team probably need to shoot more, namely Dylan cousins. He definitely does. Sam should shoot more. He's got a great shot. Uh, he's got a 15.8 shooting percentage right now on 19 shots. So Sam's got a nice shot. He's got to shoot Dylan cousins. We know he's got a great shot too. Uh, and Jack and Taylor Hall just keep shooting and eventually they're going to go in. Same goes for Jeff Skinner. That's the one thing I guess that I am holding on to is that no matter what, it's going to correct itself. Like Jack is not going to shoot 5% for this whole season. Taylor Hall is not going to shoot 3.4% for the season. And Jeff Skinner is going to score a goal at some point. I I hope. Um, (laughs) So something's got to give, like, it's going to eventually happen. The problem though, is that, is that going to come at a time where it's going to be able to overcome the deficiencies that are currently right now also causing them to lose games. 
I don't know the answer to that. I guess we'll see. I guess I mean, this is a bad thing to happen in a short season. This kind of streak of bad luck that the top guys are going through right now. So now I'm excited about that. But you know what I am excited about? Tell me. I have a quiz. (gasps) Are you really? We haven't had one in a while. Yeah. I was trying to think one earlier and I just wasn't having it today, I guess. So I stole an idea. You know how I do that every once in a while? Love that. Yeah. Well, I put our own twist on it like I always do. Give it to me. Um, So every year inside the NBA on TNT does a thing before the first or it was during the first uh, broadcast of the season called who he play for. And basically they Ernie Johnson or I don't know, whoever maybe producer comes up with a player, not obscure, but someone who's like a bench guy role player who's on a new team. And they asked Charles Barkley who he plays for and Charles, you know, not a big preparation guy, not a big studying what's going on in the off season guy usually has a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. So this one should be a little bit easier for a few reasons. First of all, it's all former Sabres. Second, we are about two and a half weeks into the season. So you've seen some of these guys. Some of these guys have been on their new teams for quite a while. Some of them are very popular and won a Selkie and uh, a Stanley Cup. Wait, so what's the quiz? It's who who does so – I'm going to – say a player and you're going to just say where they play okay who, like who he play for oh as okay. i call it it's like the sabers it. sabers edition all right i'm into it let's get it this is like when family feud does or like monopoly does uh, baseball monopoly <laughs> anyway i don't know let's uh let's get to it all right uh, let's get it. shortest shortest guy first uh nathan gerby where's he play uh columbus blue jackets that's correct. We saw him in person last year. Yes, we did. All right. Uh, that's correct. All right. He's only played one game so far this year. I think he's on their taxi squad. Nikita Zadorov. Chicago Blackhawks. That's correct also. Connor Sheary. Washington Capitals. And that's right. We've already seen him four times this year. Evan Rodriguez. Pittsburgh Penguins. That's right. Four for four. Chad Ruedel. Ooh. Damn, he's still playing? Yeah, I know, right? He, he was not good. He was with the Penguins forever, and I don't think he's with them anymore. Is he with them? No. I have uh, Pittsburgh Penguins? I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, it is? Cool. Still with the Penguins. They have an awful uh, defensive depth. Good. All right. Paul Byron. Very brief saber. Paul Byron, uh, Montreal Canadiens. That's correct. All right. Matt Tennyson. Mm, Edmonton Oilers. Oh, no. He is a New Jersey Devil. Oh, wow. Tough. Didn't even notice him. <laughs> I guess so. I know. You know what? I did. That's that's just that's rough. I should have had that. But again, it's Matt Tennyson, so I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. <laughs> Speaking of brief Sabres, this guy only played one game for the Sabres, Joel Armia. Armia, he's uh, also with the Canadians. That's correct. There we go. All right. Uh, Dmitry Kulikov. The New Jersey Devils. That's correct. You might have noticed him today. I did once or twice. All right. Uh, Wayne Simmons. Toronto Maple Leafs. That's correct. Bam. All right. Brendan Lemieux. New York Rangers. That's also correct. Him and Tony D. Best bud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man, great guys. <laughs> All right. Tyler Myers. Tyler Myers. Um... What the heck is he with now? Is Vancouver? No. Oh, man. I definitely know this. Tyler Myers, he went somewhere in the offseason, actually, I think. Oh, dude, this is so bad. How am I not getting this? Oh, boy. Um, Is it Vancouver? It is. Oh, it is. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Yeah, you sound like a million-year contract there. There we go. Okay, I thought. All right. Yeah, great idea, Vancouver. That worked out really well for us. Good so for them. I'm sure it'll work out just as well for you. <laughs> um, where were we? Where were we? Oh, uh, Zach Bogosian. Toronto Maple Leafs. That's correct. Good for you, too. Uh, yeah, Nathan Boyu. Nathan Boyu. Uh, Nathan for Boyu. Nathan for uh, Winnipeg. That's correct. I didn't actually know he was there. Yep. Because uh, I stopped thinking about him. That's okay. Don't Jimmy VC. Jimmy VC would also be a Toronto Maple Leaf. Yeah, they're, they're just, man, they're robbing us blind. Simmons, Bogosian, VC. All our best players. Unbelievable. Dominic Under. Cahoon. Uh, Edmonton. That's correct. Uh, JT Comfer. Ooh, is he still with Colorado? Yeah, Colorado. That's correct. Boom. Tyler Ennis. Tyler Tennis, as the people on Facebook used to say. <laughs> the people on Facebook. Good God. Um, Edmonton also, right? Didn't he just go on waivers? Yeah. So I'm going to count that as yes, because he's he cleared waivers. So he's still yeah. with the organization. Uh, Braden McNabb. Vegas. That's correct. You know, his dad is Donovan McNabb. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Not much of a family uh, resemblance, but yeah. No. Marco Scandella. Uh, St. Louis Blues. That's correct. Marcus Felino. The Minnesota Wild. That's correct. Nick Delorier. Oh man, I just was I just read about him the other day. Oh no. Who the hell is he with? Is he with Ottawa maybe? Is he with Ottawa? No. Ah, oh, who? The Kings? Anaheim. Anaheim. Oh, right, yeah. Anaheim. Yeah, 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 yeah. Damn it. Yeah. So, or, here's should have had yeah. that. All right. You're going to know how to say this guy's name. I don't. I was torn on whether to include him, but I was like, you know what? The more the merrier. Drake Kazulia? He was never a saber. Really? Yeah, he super was never a saber. Hold on. Wow, you're right. He was only at Sabres development camp. I thought he was a Sabres draft pick. When was he at development camp? 2014. Get out of here. I actually didn't know that. I definitely knew he was never signed to the roster, though. How do you say his name? <laughs> I don't know. Is it Cagula? Cagula. Shout out. Dragula. Shout out Rob Zombie. All right, so I, I covered that development camp. I just assumed he was a draft pick, but I guess he must have just been an invite. Wow, that's so crazy. Yeah, no, he never played for them. All right, yeah, I know he never played for them. I So my thought was he was a draft pick because he was an NCAA guy, and after four years, I thought he did basically what Cal Peterson did to us. Oh. What, I didn't even include Peterson, but or like what VC did to Nashville. I thought it was that type of thing. He played his four years and then was a free agent. And signed with Edmonton, but he's anyway, he's in Arizona now. Wow, how about that? Wild times. Sorry, Drake. Times. All right. How many more we got? We got four. Let's go. Here's a tough one. I don't I don't know if you're gonna remember this guy. Okay. Brian O'Brien. Sorry that I'm looking at that wrong. That's Ryan O'Reilly. I've I don't know if I've ever heard of this guy before. When did we have him? It was like a, couple, a few years ago. Nothing too eventful happened. Uh, he cried about how he didn't like hockey anymore because the team was so bad. And he drove a pickup truck into Tim Hortons in Ontario. And also, he was a really good two-way center for us for about three years. Interesting. Yeah. And then know- he won the Stanley Cup. Did he? What else did he? He won the Conn Smythe? Yeah. yeah, he won the Conn Smythe, didn't he? Yeah. No, he did. He did. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Just great for him. So happy. Yeah. St. Louis Blues. All right. I, I have the blues. Another easy one. Robin Leonard. 
Vegas Golden Knights. That's correct. So you only have two wrong here. Let's go. These, these next two are both. I think getting uh, Drake right for not for knowing that he was not ever a saber should count for one of the ones I got wrong. Just putting that out there, but that's just me. Anyways. You know, I think <laughs> if you were ever invited to any prospect camps, you're a saber in my heart. Even okay. if you're just like one of the guys they bring as a goalie, so they have a fourth goalie. <laughs> you're a saber to that. me. And you're a saber for goddamn life. Saber for life. Saber. Well, see, awesome. like, like, I couldn't decide if I should put Brendan Lemieux on here because he never played for the Sabers. He counted though, didn't he? Play for the Amherst at least for a couple yeah, games. Maybe I don't remember. Maybe he didn't. Either way, he uh, counts as a saber though more than no, he no, because he didn't, he never signed as a saber. He was he wasn't in Rochester. Oh, yeah, he's right. never he was a draft pick at least. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wow. Yaroslav Halak, longtime saber. He was at development camp, though. I will say that much. Um, I remember he got in a fight with uh, Ristolainen. Yeah. Yaroslav Halak. Mm-hmm. He's got to be with Boston, right? That's correct. Played for them in the playoffs last year. Indeed he did. All right, last one. I'm going to be honest. I did not know this guy was signed to a team right now. Oh, boy. Anders Nilsson. Anders Nilsson who was not a bad Sabre in his one year here. Was, I thought he was going to be a disaster. He wasn't bad for Ottawa last year. I don't know if he's with – I don't think he's with Ottawa still, unless he's backing up Murray. Um, or did he go somewhere else? No, maybe he did go somewhere else. I don't know where he's playing, but I'll just guess Ottawa. No, that's a good guess. I didn't remember that he was in Ottawa last year. Uh, he is in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, get out, really. I think he's on their taxi squad or something, though, or maybe he's going to be going to Syracuse because he hasn't played yet this year. Mm, and doesn't I don't actually remember who Tampa's backup is right now to Vasilevsky. Used to be Bakalani, but he's not there anymore. Well, so you only got two wrong. I'll take that. I think I I think I covered everyone. Out of how many? I was trying to think of some guys. Oh, uh, there was like twenty-seven or twenty-eight or something There's like some that. There's some Evander Kane you didn't mention. Uh, That's right. I, I did not event. I I went. Oh, you know what? That's really funny because I went through everyone's roster and I said, "Wow, Evander Kane has had a bad start points wise," and I didn't write him down. Yeah. There yeah, he go. was kind of important. He was here like two and a half years, three years. Mm-hmm. Anyone else that you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, Is Cal uh, Peterson on the team right now? I don't think he's playing in the NHL. Um, I won't count him. Who else? Mark Pesek. He's with uh, Dallas. Oh, Mark Pesek. Yeah. Yep. My boy. That's someone I forgot. Um, I there's the definitely some other guys. Uh, Mark Parrish. Mark Parrish. Jesus. That's a name. He, that uh, is a guy. Okay. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'll have to think about it more. I'll text you later. Maybe we'll tweet it out tomorrow if I think of any others. Well, I'm, well I didn't say Ryan Miller. Is Ryan oh, Miller on a team? The GOAT. Of course he is. Anaheim Ducks, baby. That's right. Yes. I couldn't remember if he resigned with the Ducks or not. He did. So I didn't I didn't include him. You know what? Because I, I didn't look us. for goalies when I – I know. I take him over Hutton. Absolutely. I, when I was going through the goalies, uh, I, I actually – I should say I didn't go through the goalies because I just went through, like, the stats, like, the points on the roster, and then I, I thought in my head I'll get all the goalies. Uh, apparently I didn't, but I was like, all right, we've had the same two idiots for three years now. Plus Leonard, that's the obvious one. And I was like, Chad Johnson was the backup before that. Yep. He's not in the league. Nope. Uh, Anders Nilsson shockingly was still in the league before that though. It's like Neuverth, Jonas, gone. Jonas Enroth gone. Anders Lindbach gone. Matt Hackett gone. Jesus. I'd even consider going back to Miller. Honestly. I picked up Halak, obviously. I remembered him. But Steve the other Ott. guys. Steve Ott. Who was the goalie? Nathan Lewin. Nathan who was a, a good prospect, but he had a ton of concussions. Yeah, sad. He would have been cool. I, I wish he would have worked out. Yeah. Not gotten hurt so much. Connor Knapp. Connor Knapp, yep. yep. Andre Makarov. Uh, Jerome LeDuc, right? Wow. He's a AHL guy. Naming some goalies. I think we named all of our Oh man, who else? We can name some. I don't think there's any I don't think there's any more goalies that played for the Sabres, are there? Not that's in the league right now, but guys who exist. Michael Tolkvist. <laughs> love him. Oh hell yeah. He's a fan favorite. Michael Telquist. They should have kept Telquist <laughs> and they should have bought out Laleem. 
Laleem was great. Your brother and I actually went to a Sabres game and we're sitting right next to Patrick Laleem. First of all, I remember, obviously. Yeah. He waved at you and stuff. That was big. Second, he was awful when he was yeah, like Sabres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a terrible run after they let Conklin and Braun. Well, they traded Braun for Conklin and then they let Conklin go in the offseason. Mm. And they're like, we could probably find a pretty good backup goalie like Jocelyn Tebolt. No. Like Patty Laleem. No. Jonas Enroth, uh, kind I of. like Enroth. He loves he was Buffalo, nice. so he gets he gets a pass. No, he was much better than those guys. At least he was a prospect that they were like, you know, they were trying something. He, was, he like, wasn't tall enough. Yeah, he was a little guy. You're right. You're right. Tim Murray didn't like that. Tim Murray like said, what are you, boys. 5'11"? Beat it, pal. We're, we're getting a 6'5 guy. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Let's just have an episode sometime where we just go back and forth with trying to just name guys and Sabres yeah, that works for me. history. And then maybe we'll even like, let it get into like TV shows and stuff. We'll just be naming guys back and forth. Just see how long we can go. Just press Folks, play. Don't we love Ziggy Pelfi? Don't we love him? <laughs> oh, you, you really do. You gotta love it. Oh, because these big men are, they're coming to me with, with tears in their eyes and they're saying, sir, sir, we, we love Ziggy Pelfi. <laughs> Big big guys. Big Sheldon Surrey guy. <laughs> Sheldon Surrey. Tommy Sallow, perhaps. Wow. Sammy Sallow. Uh, Steve Sullivan action. Steve Sullivan. That's a name right there. Ooh, I like that. How about wow. uh mm, Johan Franzen? Wow. Mm. Great playoff performer. Great playoff. Thomas Holmstrom. Tomas, yeah. excuse me. Tomas Holmstrom, also a a classic Red Wing, but some Jody Shelley action. Ooh, okay, okay, I can get into that. Ooh, let's let's think. Who else? Some Roman Czechmonic. You like a little Roman Czechmonic? Oh, uh, I don't accept Roman Czechmonic. Okay. He beat the Sabers in the playoffs. Well, or did we beat him? No. No, he played for like Los Angeles, didn't he? No, he went to well, Philly actually for a little bit. When he was a flyer, yeah. Hold on, Major. Robert Ash. Ooh, we ended his career. You're damn right we did. Roman Czechmonic. Wow, he is older than I thought. He's 49 years old now. What about Dan Cloutier, Vancouver? Oh, yeah. He had, like, the Hashik helmet. All right, I'm looking right now to see if I'm correct about this. Who? Did we beat him in the Roman Czechmonic? Oh, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, he played for a team called TJ Gottwaldov. That's a cool name. Wow. Ooh. Vesitoskala? Good news. We beat him. Did we really? Good. Yeah. Vesitoskala, big trash. Anyway, so. <laughs> oh, man. Manny so you as Byron Defoe? Byron the friend. Wow. Ooh. His mm. nemesis. Yeah, they hated each other. I mean, at least he hated. Oh, brutal. Those foes. Do you have a do you have a recommendation of the week? Ooh, do you have one? I do. Go ahead. So, what, what's yours? You go first. My thought is, I'm not just going to keep doing movies I watched this week and like that are classics and being like, <laughs> you got to watch this classic movie. But I know how it is. I know not Ever everyone's a Titanic. Film. You guys got to check this flick out. Have you guys heard of this movie? It's called The Godfather. It's a little <laughs> bit older. It's slower moving, but I promise it pays off at the end. Okay, what do you got? So I know there's a lot of, you know, people listen to this podcast, your hockey guys, sports guys in general, or gals, sports ladies, sports guys. Maybe you don't give a lot of thought to the film world. I, and sometimes, sometimes you get it in your head that you don't like a certain kind of movie because you saw a bad version of that movie. But folks, I tried to break out of a rut this week because of a lot of recommendations from a lot of people I trust. So back in the day, this is not what I'm recommending. I binged Twin Peaks, which is an early 90s show made by David Lynch. I didn't like it for a lot of reasons. All right. And I'm not, I don't try to be close-minded about these things, but the show bothered me a lot. People go off about David Lynch a lot. He seems really cool. They talk about how great movies he's made and probably the most well thought of is Mulholland Drive which is a 2001 movie. It's available on HBO Max, so I watched it last night. And you yeah. know what? I loved it. Oh. 
And it's not the kind of movie that uh, comes to you uh, all while you're watching it. it. It comes to you bits and pieces. And it's helped out by, you know, reading about it and thinking about things and different people's interpretations. So if you have a director out there or, or someone who's created a piece of, uh, you know, content, I don't want to say content, that's stupid, art, art that you like or don't like, whether it's a TV or movie, maybe even a song or an album that you don't like, I think it's worth it to give that person a shot in a different, uh, if, you, if a lot of people are recommending them, maybe you give something else they did a shot. And also, I think I'm okay recommending movies that are very, like Mulholland Drive came out 20 years ago. It's considered a classic. It was nominated for Oscars and stuff. I'm not the first guy saying it's a good movie, but I think sometimes, you know, you could use a little push in the right direction. I know not everyone's got their finger to the pulse of the uh, the movie at the film industry, but yeah. the Sabres probably got you down. And if you want to get more down and more confused and more disgusted by life, Sounds right at my A Holland Drive is there. It's right there. Wow. That's a good one for this week. I promise I'm going to get some more obscure or uh, different takes later, but, I'll get, you know, I didn't have anything better to say today, so that's what I said. That's fair. All right, well, I'm going to go with, for mine, one that's really a, a not, not a deep cut either, very popular, but I figure I want to bring it up because we were talking about it while we were watching the Sabres game, actually, and also people are talking about it a lot these days on social media. I'm going to go with WandaVision because uh, really cool show. You and I both, as uh, some of our listeners who've been listening to us for, for a while probably know, we're both big Marvel fans. Uh, and WandaVision is the first marvel disney plus show and i think a lot of people were pretty myself included were pretty confused by like what the premise of the show was coming into it this week's episode was awesome it was did you watch it yet actually i did okay cool so we could talk about it if you have not watched wandavision and you don't want to hear what i'm about to say then skip ahead like 10 seconds but the cold open of WandaVision this week where it's essentially a callback to the blip when uh, the snap happens in Avengers uh, Endgame when they bring everybody back. It takes place though in a hospital and so a bunch of people are coming back after seemingly being disappeared for five years. They all show up and it brings you to uh, Monica Rambeau who is one of the main characters of the show. We didn't really know a ton about her character really until this week. It, it really kind of gave us the full backstory into her and a lot of the other uh, players who are involved with the show outside of the main characters, which are Wanda and Vision. But amazing episode this week. It really dove in. To, it, it, it felt like very classic Marvel to me. But one thing I will say, though, is that a lot of people were, I've at least seen online, complain about like the pacing of the show and saying like oh well i didn't really understand what was going on the first few weeks but i think that that is kind of stupid because it takes time to i i don't need to know everything right away and i appreciate the fact that they're doing a nice steady slower build towards the the big moments in this and so the first few episodes yeah they were different but I don't know. I kind of like that. I like that it's building towards something. You know, it doesn't need to be crazy action-packed all the time. It can build the story. And I think that makes it more interesting and it makes the characters a lot more interesting too. And also it's only halfway through the season at this point. And so if you haven't watched WandaVision yet though, highly recommend doing so. Um, it's really great so far. Four episodes in, so you have plenty of time to catch up before the end of the season. I think there's eight episodes altogether, but it's really cool. Did you have any thoughts on the uh, on the most recent episode? You know, like you said about things unfolding over time, not understanding things right away. You know, I think WandaVision and Mulholland Drive are basically the same thing. Is that what you're saying? Essentially, that was what I was trying to get back to. Yes. <laughs> Everyone's exactly. always saying that. And I'm like, I kind of agree. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> I like, you know what? I, I like uh, that it's not actually when people want action or they want it to be a more typical Marvel thing, say go to hell. What's the matter with you? There's already like 25 of these goddamn movies. It's okay. How about something different? Do it a little weird, you know? Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. You know, it was cool that the humor in this felt different than the kind of like, you know, Marvel brand humor. Mm-hmm. I agree. I like that. You know, calm down. We'll see what you know, we'll see what the story is when it's over. 
Exactly. It's been really good. I've enjoyed it a lot. So definitely recommend. Who's your random Sabres player of the episode? Uh, hmm. I hadn't really thought about this ahead of time. But... I'm going to go with mine first then. Jeff Jilson. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Then I'll have to go with Doug Janik. Look at you. There it is. <laughs> the dynamic <laughs> duo, they called him. Oh, man. All right, everybody. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. The Hockey Podcast Network, 31 shows, 31 teams covering everything that you need to know that's going on in the NHL these days. Uh, We were talking a bit about the Rangers situation before with Tony D'Angelo and just talking about other teams throughout the league. Uh, If you're curious for any other content that's out there aside from the savers, make sure you're checking out the other great shows that are part of the hockey podcast network. And along with all of the respective team shows, there's other shows that are hosted by various NHL personalities that are great inside looks into the NHL with great perspectives and stories. So make sure you are checking out the hockey podcast network and also make sure you're checking out Buffalo fanatics again, as the off season is just getting underway. Now uh, you're starting to see some player movement happen throughout the league. Most recently with the big trade between the Rams and the lions. So big things are going to be happening soon with the bills. Hopefully a lot for us to look forward to, uh, you know, as the bills are hopefully going to be making a return to the AFC championship game and even further next season And Buffalo fanatics is the premier place for you to get all of your Buffalo bills news. So make sure you're checking them out as well and make sure you're following us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you know, where to find us straight up sabers and follow us on your respective streaming platform of choice. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We will be back with our Thursday episode until next time, everybody, this has been, straight up sabers.